vinyl to gutter punk. Mutinyradio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shitface McRat. <laughs> It's Friday night. It's 8 o'clock. We are here at Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse on Mutiny Radio. People get confused. They're like, the show actually starts at 8? I thought it was a comedy show. It's also a radio show. So here we are at 8 o'clock. And uh, I'm going to tell you guys some jokes, make you warm. There's a darling, darling dog in the audience right now that has a cuter outfit on than I do. So I'm just feeling a little bit... I'm feeling like your dog has more Instagram followers than the station does. That's what I'm feeling like right now. Like that, so cute. How many sweaters do you have for your pup? Uh, she's not yours. Oh my God. I just like totally, that is, you know, stereotypes aren't always right. That's the thing that happens in people's lives. I was actually, I was married to an African-American gentleman for, uh, we were together for 13 years, but we were married for seven. And I was a virgin before I had sex with him and I, uh, before I got married and I used to be very, very Christian. So I didn't watch any porn still to this day. I'm very prudish and I never watched porn. And he wouldn't ever let me have a dildo and I didn't really understand why. And we had a sex life and we'd go to parties and stuff and people would say, oh my God, your husband is black. He must have a huge cock. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. It's so big. It's crazy, awesome, huge. It's great. It's awesome. And I'd go, he must, it's, also, it's crazy, right? This big black cock. I'm like, yes. Wow. And so I left him after seven years of marriage. And I moved to San Francisco. And I became the whore of Sodom and Gomorrah. And uh, I slept with my first white guy. And I was like, holy fuck. You have a huge dick. And he was like, six inches is pretty standard. And I was like, perspective. <laughs> Stereotypes are not always what you think they're supposed to be. It's just not, I don't understand. I don't understand too, like what, why everyone has such like a big deal about like, the, about the size of the dick. Guys care about the size of the dick. Everybody cares about, they show the dick pics. I've like never gotten a dick pic because I don't have a smartphone. So I just don't think I'm on that list. I don't know like how that works. I don't, I don't understand like the whole, I mean, I would love to take, I mean like a bush pic or something, but people don't even, no one has pubic hair anymore. I do. I, I have, I have so much pubic hair. It's like I'm wearing a hair skirt. 
It's like you can't even see. I'm not embarrassed about being naked because you just can't see anything. I can go like this and it's like, it looks. I thought that a spider crawled across my pussy the other day and that was just my hair. That was just the hair down my legs. It wasn't even, it's really voluminous. And people say, oh, well, you must not shave because you're a feminist. And I say, sure, no, I'm lazy. Like it doesn't, yeah, yes, I'm a feminist, but mostly it's just laziness. And at this point, the hair on my legs is like that of a 12-year-old boy. I would clog the whole shower. We'd have to snake the drain if I shaved at this point. And razors are expensive. That's the whole thing, right? Like this is all just marketing and money and, and co corporate capitalism stuff. In 1904, I could not flash a hairy ankle without being a disgusting slut, right? And now, if I don't shave from a big toe up to my twat like a four-year-old girl, I'm a disgusting slut that no one wants to sleep with. Uh, Cholette, the best a man can get. I'll never be good enough. One of my girlfriends actually, she thought that a boy broke up with her because she didn't pluck the hair out of her mole <laughs> on her arm. And I'm like, wow. I don't think they're paying that much attention. I, the, the thing I'm excited about is that now I'm over 40 and I can't see anything. <laughs> and so I'm like beer goggling myself every day. I look in the mirror, I'm like, I look great. It's like, I can't see the facial hair at all. I'm just like, I think I look great. Gillette. I'm not supposed to shave my face. The best a man can get. It's, did you guys hear about the new Gillette razor? It has like 17 blades for the closest shave. 17 blades. The 13th blade is easily removable so you can slit your throat in the shower because you'll never be good enough. <laughs> Gillette. I was watching this thing on Netflix, so I know it's real, and it was these girls getting out of prison. They were 16-year-old girls, and they'd all been in prison, and they were talking to them, and they were like, oh, what's the first thing you do when you're gonna get out of kid jail, little girl in Arkansas? And like nine out of 10 of the girls said, I'm gonna shave my disgusting legs. <laughs> I'm like, you're getting out of jail, and the first thing you're gonna do is satisfy the male gaze? What is wrong with you? You're in jail, so obviously you'll never be good enough, Gillette. The best a man can get. That's good. I just don't, I'm not gonna shave. I, I wasn't wearing makeup for a long time, and I'd say, oh, I'm a feminist, I don't wear makeup. And then this Christmas, some of my girlfriends gave me this huge bag of makeup because they knew this lady, and this lady was gonna throw it away. I don't know, people have too much money. I don't, she was like a hoarder, like a shopaholic of makeup, and so they gave it to her. This one person, they gave it to me, and I was like, I wasn't not wearing makeup because I'm a feminist. I wasn't wearing makeup because I'm poor. Did you know that lip liners are like $18? <laughs> Everyone's like, yeah, that's what eyeliners cost too. We do it all. $100 a product on the face? You better look good. You better be good. Like we're still not good enough. You'll never be good enough. How much money do I have to spend to be good enough? Feminism. Uh, I'm really no, I'm really excited about about feminism because I think we're finally getting like the equality, right? Like the hey, my Kevin Jr. Yay! But I really, I really, I want to be able to objectify 26 year old men. Do you know what I mean? Like men, we're doing it to women, and we're like, don't you? We're saying it's feminism. Stop objectifying women. No, men are never going to stop objectifying women. The point is that the equality is now we get to objectify them back. 
I say catcalling, bring it. Yell at guys on scaffolding. Ah, looking good up there, motherfucker. You know, like, I can see your ass from here. Woo, carry that steel, baby. And bring some of that steel home to mama. Like, what are you gonna, equality. <laughs> Yeah, I'm excited about quality. I really, what one of the places it makes me angry is in um, PG-13 movies, right? You can show 180% side boob. You just, you cover up the nipple with a little pasty. Did anybody see American Horror Story, the one where all you saw was Lady Gaga's boobs, like the entire season, right? Like, that's PG-13, that's no problem. Like, yeah, kids watching on TV is 180% side boobs, big boobs, hanging out there, great. You could show a butt, that's fine. What I'm saying is for equality, I'd like to see some side scrote. Because if you're cupping the balls, right, maybe the dick is hard, it's out of the frame. So you're covering up the genitals. I mean, this is gonna be great for older actors. Like maybe Nick Cage can finally do something that's not a pile of dog shit. And he's, I, I do love watching Nick Cage films. They are so bad that they're like, he's just, a, a wonderment. I, sometimes I think he's a robot. But what I'd like to, I'd like to see a Martin Scorsese film and it's sunset and um, Nick Cage is coming out of the pool and so his, his balls are actually in the water and his dick's kind of above the steps and what we get to see like with the, with the sun set in the back, we get to see this beautiful veiny stained glass, you know, like hairy side scrot for equality. Can we all get down for equality? I think equality now, yes. Side scroll for quality. Some other uh, controversial things. I just found out from the last open mic. I don't actually. I don't actually listen to news. I submerge myself in a barrel of whiskey and come out for free ice cream days. But I found out today that PG and E, PG and E is going bankrupt. Like. They're a monopoly. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You're the only electric company in California at all. You set the prices wherever you want. And now you're, cl you're closing, you're turning the power off on yourself. Like, you're, what are you? They're a monopoly. They're an illegal monopoly and you're fucking up? Really? They, they were actually really important to the crux of my big plan. Uh, if I, have a, I have a jacket on that says important things about our nation. <laughs> Uh, and and I, I've decided that California really needs, it's not just California though, I say that California, Oregon, man, we'll take Nevada, because they've got like hookers, and we'll I, I, we might take Arizona, I don't know, they're kinda, they, we, basically, we're gonna become friends with Mexico, like not have a border, we'll be buddies, and, and we're gonna make our own country, we'll call it like the West or something. And we'll have In-N-Out hamburgers everywhere and everyone will be employed, I mean, at least at an In-N-Out, right? Like somebody, avocados will be our currency, so it's gonna be a completely different, like money, avocados and Bitcoin probably. That's what we're gonna, we're, Johnny Depp will be our president. We're gonna like make like a moat, like to separate us from the rest of the United States and we'll just have like pirate ships bombing the other side like fuck you guys we've got the entertainment and the weed let bongs just pot smoking i smoke a lot of pot yeah that's it. i think about things i smoke pot and think about things yeah uh, well and then i i tried to take a shower today and have you ever gotten so high you forget how your own shower works does this happen to you it's like airbnb in your own home ah it's hot what's going on What's this cat, cat litter doing in the bathroom? Gross. It's, 
Oh, that's my house. I, I, I smoke so much marijuana. It makes me think that I'm like the smartest person alive. Uh, and then I think, wow, it's a really good thing that I smoke marijuana because like I have two masters and stuff and I used to have like all this promise and be really smart. And if, if I didn't smoke weed, I'd be interminably smart. I wouldn't even want to hang out with myself. I'd be such a pretentious little cunt, right? I'd be like, I'm smarter than everybody. <laughs> You gotta smoke weed to keep it real, bro. (laughs) I've been thinking so much while I've been on weed, and one of my theories, it's so important. Every... Everything we know in the world is a lie. We've been lied to, and I can prove it. Uh, The T-Rex bones were put back together wrong. Follow me for a second. Everybody imagine the T-Rex bones in your head, right? Okay. They have an articulated spine from their head to their tail, except there's this weird hip cap thing that like forces them forward on these big beefy legs because the biggest, coolest dinosaur would probably walk on two legs because of the hubris of man, right? <laughs> but then you look at the thing, it has a breast, it has, it has ribs, but there's no breastbone. What? The little, and then the, remember the other little one with the little spikes in the tail with the spiky tail? Like well, that would eviscerate a T-Rex. So the T-Rex, if you take that hip cap, which makes no sense, and you flip it around and make it a breastbone, those big beefy legs become big beefy wings. Ah, ah! The T-Rex was a dragon. Like, why do we have all this dragon mythology and we have no dragons? What the fuck? Every, everyone has a picture. St. George and the dragon. Everyone, the Chinese people 4,000 years ago, they're like, dragons, dragons, dragons. Where are the fucking dragons? The dragons are the T-Rex. We're dumb fucks. We got it wrong. Everything we know is wrong. I, I like thinking. I like, I wish, I, I'm never going to have a, baby because I'm too old now and oh that would be a really bad idea but I do I've always wanted to win the motherfucking science fair do we have any winners in here anybody ever won the science fair no you won the science fair could we have one winner the rest of us are all hideous losers and dumb pitiful people well I have ideas I need to abduct a fifth grader or borrow that abduct is the wrong word borrow a fifth grader to do some really important science fair projects like um what is that liquid on the nine? <laughs> which, which muni bus is the most disgusting? We can like see it in the trifold thing now and they're like walking by the judges and they're like, is, can you get chlamydia from the 22? <laughs> like, they, and no, you, I need a child, litmus paper, some swabs. I, I, wanna, I wanna find out what's on the nine. Like what is that liquid on the chair? It's in that bottle over there. What is it? <laughs> We're gonna test it, I need a child. <laughs> Important science fair projects. Also, it's, it's, this is a good, it's very not appropriate, but I'd wanna do it. So I'm an alcoholic and I throw up in the mornings a lot, like a pound, a big glass of water, like eight ounces of water. And then in uh, 22 to 25 minutes, sometimes I'll vomit it up. So what I think is I should vomit it into a cup and then we take the temperature of the water to find out how many calories I burned being an alcoholic, right? If the water is 36 degrees when it starts and then 22 minutes later, it's 72 degrees, that's a lot of calories. Does everybody remember chemistry? Like one ounce of water, one degree is is a calorie. Okay, cool, (laughs) smart, it's for all smart people. 
It's good. Uh, my, th this is the last one I'll share with you guys, my million dollar um, stoner idea. So I, I have always wanted to, to lactate, not for like a baby. <laughs> well, but so follow me. I wanna save the vegans. I wanna, so the vegans can't eat cheese, but, but if I gave them consent-based milk, <laughs> right? I could make it into cheese with a child. We could make, it's, also, it's a very, it's a scientific thing making cheese. But then I smoke and imbibe like so much weed that I could make TH cheese. <laughs> like, can I get high off my own supply? Like, how does that work? Like if I just keep eating, <laughs> I really wanna make this work. I, I wanna do it. Tonight is gonna work, it already has. You guys are already here. I'm Pam, this is your, are you warm? Do you feel warm? Good. This is nice, people in the front seats, this, this, cam, this scary camera here, ah, it's like an AI, it's like some kind of robot, it's like gonna come and eat us. Uh, hey, I'm really, really excited for tonight's show, and it's, it's a great lineup. We always sing a little song before we get started. If you know how the song goes, you can sing along with me. M-U-T-I-N-Y, comedy, clubhouse, comedy. Clubhouse. Comedy. Clubhouse. Together we will bring our jokes up high. High, high, high. <laughs> I need a new vaporizer. M-U-T-I-N-Y, comedy clubhouse. You wanna come inside my clubhouse? Yay! I'm so glad you guys are all here. Yes. We have some really, really fantastic comics on the bill tonight. I'm super excited for you to be here and to laugh at and with them. Your first comedian, put your hands together for Melody Drummond Hansen. <laughs> I'm gonna get right to it, no pussy footing around. This shutdown, wait, not this shutdown, but the one back in 1995. <laughs> Do you guys know this? Do you know the world historical implications of the shutdown of 1995? Did you know that the only reason why Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky ever got that close is because of the shutdown of 1995? Federal wor workers were furloughed, and all of a sudden, unpaid interns got lifted <laughs> from their grimy chores into the grimiest chores of the White House. <laughs> Answering phones and yeah, other things. <laughs> and you know, um, you can't really blame Bill Clinton. I mean, he has a really big brain and um, <laughs> when it wasn't occupied with world historical geopolitical strategies, it had an opportunity to wander, right? And I just imagine Bill Clinton wandering around the White House, you know, just sort of slunked over, depressed. You can't like get on the red phone or whatever. And he's like, I'm so bored. I'm so bored, you guys. I don't have anything to do. I'm so bored. I don't know how I'm gonna make it through this shutdown. And then on day two of the 1995 shutdown, Monica Lewinsky came into Bill Clinton's life. And oh my God, this is so embarrassing, my thong is out. So embarrassing. Anyway, I have it on good author authority. In fact, 
from someone who is in this room tonight, who worked in the White House with Monica Lewinsky, that secret, secret facts, you guys, secret facts, you may not know. Monica Lewinsky is a very nice person, it turns out. I actually think she's kind of the, one of the few women who can truly epitomize the Madonna whore complex. <laughs> because only Monica Lewinsky could combine leaving her thong out on her first day of work at the White House with a two-year relationship with the le leader of the free world that reads like a fifth-grade note to someone that says, do you like me or not, please check the box. <laughs> um, so uh, this shutdown, and, and, and you think like that must have been a vast right-wing conspiracy, right? Like somebody did the, did the math or a science project like Pam was talking about, and they figured out if we shut down the government, interns have to go to the White House, Bill Clinton, interns, Bill Clinton, <laughs> interns, this is gonna work out nicely for the Republican Party. Um, you know, I, uh, I, I wonder about that. And then you think, are the Democrats pulling something strategic now with this shutdown, with this government? But then, you know, the only real scandal that's come out of this shutdown so far aside from hundreds of thousands of people out of work and really important life-saving uh, services not being offered and the national parks looking like shit, is that the White House ordered a bunch of fast food. <laughs> and that seems kind of like they're, they're trolling the Clintons there, right? I mean, like Bill Clinton was known for taking breaks while jogging to you know, get his Big Mac fix or the McRib or whatever it was. So first you're kind of wondering if they're, if they're trolling a little bit, but you know, I think luckily for all of us, the only stained dress we're gonna get out of this shutdown is uh, uh, Kellyanne Conway's and Sarah uh, Huckabee Sanders' dresses from carrying all those bags of fries. Um, <laughs> that's, that's good. So um, I, grew up, uh, I grew up in a small town in South Carolina called Clover. You may be wondering, what's that near? It's near nothing. <laughs> it's near nothing, and I grew up at the end of a dirt road that was even farther from Clover, which was near nothing. And I grew up with um, a single mom. And I think single moms are, are real heroes. My mom was a hero to me, but I couldn't help wondering what my father was like when I was growing up. And uh, I felt a little bit like uh, that scene in Orphan Annie. I don't know, have you guys seen Annie? and she's lying in bed and she's imagining what her real parents are like um, because she doesn't identify with Miss Hannigan for some reason. <laughs> um, and and, and she, you know, she starts singing to herself and, and I would lie in bed and I would sing to myself and I would say, betcha he reads. <laughs> and that was as far as my fantasy really needed to go because my family and my community weren't especially bookish. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I grew up in, uh, I moved to San Francisco. I became a lawyer. Uh, I didn't have a daddy warbuck, so I had to make my own money. And, uh, um, you know, I, but, you know, growing up, I had always imagined, did, like, what a professional woman would look like. And I had this doll called Day to Night Barbie. Did anyone have this doll? <laughs> Day to night Barbie. So day to night Barbie was like, 
she was very professionally dressed for work. She had a blazer. She was ready to go to work. But she was also ready to immediately party as soon as work was over. <laughs> by switching around her clothes. So she had like a top that she could take off, turn it inside out, put it on her legs, and it would become a mini skirt. And she put on like jewels that she had just brought to work with her. And you know, she was always sipping champagne and, and doing these sorts of things. And I was like, wow, that looks great. That'll be really awesome to be a professional woman one day. <laughs> but I feel like I'm much more of a night today Barbie, which is like, I go to sleep in the clothes that I wore to work, and then I wake up in the morning and try not to drink the half glass of whiskey that I fell asleep drinking on my bedside table, and sometimes I wear those clothes to work again. Um, That's between me and my nightstand. <laughs> so um, San Francisco is super expensive, though. I mean, even if you you did, you know, grow up to be Barbie, and um, and you know, even in this neighborhood, like I went to a restaurant in this neighborhood not long ago, and there was a fifty-six dollar glass of wine on the menu. Fifty-six dollars for a glass of wine. And I was like, I don't know, is this some new thing? Are we supposed to put it aside like percentages of our income for glasses of wine now? <laughs> it's like 75% for rent, you know, 10% for, uh, you know, fun costs. I don't know, shirts you can put on, as many skirts. I don't know what that 50 <laughs> for. And then like 10% for glasses of wine. I don't, I don't know what percentage I'm supposed to put aside for glasses of wine, but I was just like, I'm not gonna do it. I draw the line at that. Um, so I got the $37 glass, and um, it was fine. It was uh, perfectly approachable. Um, <clears throat> but you know, I, San Francisco is a really unfair city too. It's really uh, inequitable. And I'll, I'll give an example. If you're like a homeless guy, and you're walking down the street, it's 10 AM, and you're drinking a beer. That's a misdemeanor. That is a misdemeanor. But if you're a blonde chick, and it's 11 a.m., and it's a Michelada, that is brunch. <laughs> that is brunch. So I think we could all do a little bit for the world if we go around with some blonde wigs and some chilled glasses with a little chili salt rim and start turning some misdemeanors into brunch. <laughs> okay. Um, I work down in Silicon Valley, which is another, a whole other thing, as we all know. It's really huge technology uh, center, and I, I, you know, I, I, I embrace technology, but sometimes it's a little overstepping. Like the other day, I was typing in my iPhone, "I love you," and it autofilled "Daddy." <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, well, that's a little cruel, but. <laughs> How did it know I have daddy issues? But I guess it's artificial emotional intelligence. Um, you know, and everybody's really worried about autonomous vehicles, and we have a lot in our neighborhood, even. We see them. And, and in Arizona, people were, were throwing rocks at autonomous vehicles and like slashing the tires and saying, not in my neighborhood. And they're really worried about it, about autonomous vehicles. And they're like, are these safe? Can we let computers drive for us? But it's like, 
have you seen human drivers? <laughs> They're drowsy, sleepy, drunk, distracted, swerving, they stop too soon, they're texting. I mean, what else are you gonna be afraid of? Sex robots? <laughs> um, so, this weekend's the Women's March, and there's no way this white feminist is gonna show up there because I need to avoid white feminism. <laughs> but I did think I would leave you with an empowering message about women's empowerment um, that I learned from Scarface. <laughs> so you've seen Scarface, you know he says, first you get the money, then you get the power, then you get the women. Well, I think a more progressive message is, first you get the women. <laughs> Drummond Hansen, yay! I love that. That was very, very funny. Your next comedian, he is like he's like a famous person in Asia or something. He has like some TV show and people follow him around. And one of them was like, it was like 24 restaurants in 24 hours or something nuts. And I'm like, he's alive. How did you? I don't know. I mean, how did you count how many calories you consumed during that day? You just said fuck it, I'm, we're eating, and this is it. I don't know where he put it all. It's like that It's like that little guy who eats all the hot dogs. <laughs> like, where do they put it, right? How is this happening? You guys are gonna love your next comedian, and hey, his thing might be on, it might be on some TV somewhere. Who knows what'll happen? Put your hands together for Harry Wan, yay! Give it up for Pam. You know how cities have, you know, a distinctive smell? Like Honolulu would smell like flowers, sunscreen, happiness. <laughs> LA would smell like smoothies, pollution, and Botox. <laughs> what is San Francisco is weed, bumpy, and tech bro B.O. <laughs> We're the whole city is tech bro B.O. now. I don't even understand. The worst part is they all think they're the only ones in the city. There's still some of us artists and performers left, guys. I'm an actor. So basically, I get paid to pretend like I'm a tech bro. Yeah, actually, I'm a travel show host, which means I pretend like I'm me. It's great. Yeah. Uh, my claim to fame is I have shows on National Geographic in Asia. So P Pam's actually, thank, thank you. Thank you for clapping for educational TV. Even though you have no idea what that means. It means my shows are broadcasted across elementary schools in China. Oh, I thought I was gonna be the Chinese Anthony Bourdain. I really did. Turns out I'm the Chinese Bill Nye the Science Guy. Harry the history guy. I'm not even good at history. That's the shitty part about that one. But it's cool, you know, my shows are sponsored by Buick. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Which is ironic because I'm about as popular as a Buick is. <laughs> Chinese people love Buicks? 
We do not. Americans do not. Somehow that happened, you know. Uh, but, you know, I, I've been able to be paid to do some pretty ridiculous stuff. I've been paid to milk a yak and pick up shit. Yeah. Lifetime achievements. Yeah. I was sitting in the middle of a Tibetan nomadic uh, area with my Tibetan nomad, and he was teaching me how to milk a yak. And I gotta tell you, there is something oddly satisfying about lactating a yak into a bucket. <laughs> you thought cow titties was where it's at? The sign should say, got yak titty. It's like you're giving a double hand job to two micro penises. Not that I've done that before. No. After we're done lactating a yak into a bucket, um, I uh, got my Tibetan nomad and he was picking up shit with his bare hands. He was spreading on the ground. Cause you know what his hands were made of? I mean, you know what his house was made out of? Hands. <laughs> yak shit. He, you know what he, start, he started with a fire with? Yak shit. Do you know what he used for lotion? Lotion. <laughs> no, this man's life was literally full of shit. It was my job to connect him to the rest of the world. So my Singaporean director came up to me and said, pick up that shit la. Now for those of you that don't speak Singaporean, it's very easy. All you have to do is add the word la to any sentence and you're speaking Singaporean. We'll, we'll give this a try. Miss, can you please say, he's so hot in Singaporean? He's so hot, la. Fantastic. And might I add, you have great taste. So when my Singaporean said to me, uh, my Singaporean director said to me, pick up that shit, la. I answered her in Singaporean. You're not paying me enough to pick up that shit. La. Come on, la. For camera, la. Okay, guys, I'm an actor, and you know we do everything for the camera. I literally have a camera in front of me right now. Camera whore. I hate you, la. Thank God Singaporeans are all germaphobes because every single one of my crew members had a little bottle of hand sanitizer, and it took every single little bottle to clean my hands of that yak shit. But not before I said, high five la! <laughs> but being a travel show host is uh, it's going really well, guys. I, uh, I've ha I'm having to supplement my income as a fitness instructor. <laughs> like every other actor. You know, I figure, you know, why be a waiter and serve food when I can be a fitness instructor and punish people? <laughs> yeah. The, you know, fitness classes are the polar opposite of comedy clubs. In a comedy club, they're like two women. Okay, there's a little bit more than two, than two women here, okay? But in a fitness class, they're like two perverts. <laughs> Otherwise known as men, right? But then guys have to go and do the work. And I gotta tell you, men sweat way more than women. This is how a woman sweats. 
Oh my god, I'm sweating! It's just two dabs. How do you just two dabs? How does a guy sweat? It's like you're sitting in the front row at SeaWorld in the splash zone. It's amazing how much liquid comes out of a male human. I should run a side business selling ponchos to the women in my class. Guys, do yourself a favor. Bring a towel. And women, you can just wear less clothes. It's a win-win. Now, as a travel show host, I've started to be a little spoiled. Uh, I'm kind of a little bit of a massage connoisseur. You know, like, I like, I like I'm a massage whore. I mean, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna come out and say it. Uh, you know, you, I love the words, you want massage, love them. You want happy ending. Now, after a long day picking up shit, a happy ending doesn't sound so bad, now does it? You know, I thought it would be, you know, like lighting a candle, spreading hot oil all over you and giving you a firm, amazing massage. And then she flips you over and beats your meat. That should be how it's done, right? No, that's not how, it, how it's done. She just gives you the most mediocre massage, sprays cold oil all over your body and treats your entire body like it's a giant penis. You're just like, uh no that's that's not me that that's ew. then she turns you around and then says you want me to massage that now i had a half chub i'm not gonna lie but i couldn't do it because the Tibetan nomad was sitting right next to me. <laughs> he was getting his yak titties yanked on. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Harry Wan and his yak titties, everyone. Yeah! <laughs> exciting, exciting stuff. He's a real, you're a real actor. The camera loves you too. I took a picture of you for Instagram and I was like, oh my God, the camera loves him. He's a model and an actor. I'm an actress, no, I'm a seagull. Gah, gah. <laughs> remember, <laughs> Chekhov. <laughs> I love, I love plays. Your next comedian, I'm so excited to have her here on Pam Tassie's Comedy Clubhouse. You guys are gonna love her. I first saw her, her second name and I was like, it was it. I, when someone has the middle name Baraki, everyone must be the president. They must say things about the president and the stuff. But you pronounce it a little differently, I guess. Uh, this is Tamara Barack Apperton. Yay! So, um, sad news this week, uh, a beloved poet, Mary Oliver, died. I don't know if there's any poetry fans in here. Yeah, uh, yeah, she was really accessible. Um, and uh, uh, she had this poem about, you know, what are you going to do with your one wild and precious life? 
And that's like, geez, no pressure, you know? <laughs> but uh, I, thought, I thought about it a lot. And um, I think everybody kind of goes through um, this journey of self-discovery where they try to find meaning in life. And um, when I was a young woman, I, I went through such a journey of self-discovery. Um, did a lot of things to find myself, um, mostly meth. And... <laughs> You know, it was, it was a really interesting time. Um, uh, these things would, I was pretty young, and uh, these things would happen that just wouldn't happen in any other world. I like to call them uh, meth moments. Like, you'd just be sitting there, and you'd be chatting about the weather, or like, you know, how every U.S. president was a lizard with human skin, wake up sheeple. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden a guy would come in with like a really weird weapon, like a samurai sword or a medieval war hammer, and he'd be like, are you ready to die? And it's like, oh God, Josh, you're so embarrassing. Just like go outside and ride your tiny BMX bike with the boombox attached, okay? I can't, can't do this again. Um, but one thing that really sticks out in my mind was, uh, I was probably only about 15 or 16, and I was going to buy drugs at someone's house, as one does, and um, there were these two middle-aged men, and they were sitting at a table, and they were just so focused on something, just completely consumed with it, and as I got closer, um, I saw that they were... Uh, actually had a stack of these hardcore porn magazines and um, another stack of small plastic picture frames like you'd get from the dollar bin at Michael's like for a baby shower or you know to hang on your Christmas tree or something there were these little pastel frames and they were taking they had these safety scissors and they were <laughs> and they were very meticulously and furiously cutting out pictures of beaver shots from the magazine <laughs> and sticking them into the frames and it was just like snip glue snip glue snip glue and they didn't look up and it was the craziest craziest thing and um you know I I think back uh, to that time in my life and I I um I look back and I just I was so young and these guys were like my father's age and I just I feel so like kind of sick and sad because you know we've really lost that pride and craftsmanship <laughs> You know, porn today, internet porn, it doesn't, it doesn't inspire any kind of creativity, you know? Like, we've lost a whole generation of tweaker folk art, and it is a goddamn tragedy. <laughs> um, I got over that phase, though. I'm fine. All my teeth are, they're beautiful, and they're mine. They're still in my mouth. Um, <laughs> uh, I moved on uh, to other things. Um, but... Uh, do any of you guys have an embarrassing medical condition? Anything? <laughs> Prolapsed anus, anything like that in the crowd? Well, I do. I, I do have an embarrassing medical condition. Um, it's even got an embarrassing name. It's uh, called shy bladder. Um, <laughs> it's basically like stage fright, but it's worse because it involves my genitals. And... Um, <laughs> You may have noticed I'm a woman. Women tend to go to the bathroom together, um, which is the worst thing if you have a shy bladder, right? It's basically you can't perform. And so um, 
I'll be at a bar and and I'll be going to the bathroom and like some women I barely know will sense it should be like oh are you going to pee I'll go with you I'll go with you let me get my purse and no matter how big the bathroom is Shelly sits right next to me stall right next to me and starts talking to me and I'm a nervous wreck and I like I hear her peeing and talking and she's making conversation like you know, like, I'm on a Tinder date, and do you think he's still hung up on his wife? And I'm like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the thing is, is I'm just, the whole time, I'm furiously pressing on my bladder like this and trying to pee, and I can't, and I can't. And then she's, I can hear her, like, pulling her pants back up and zipping, and then it always occurs to me, oh, my God, she thinks I'm pooping. <laughs> It's such a nightmare. It's it's terrible. It's it's awful to go out. Um, I got a new job recently. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. It was a, it was a big move because when you get comfortable somewhere, I was at the public defender's office for. God, almost nine years, and uh, yeah, it was great, it was great. Um, I was ready for something new, but um, man, I learned a lot there, like, just like the depth of, of how deep police corruption goes and how unfair the law can be and just these terrible racial disparities. Um, and also just how many people in the Bay Area like to masturbate on BART. <laughs> It is horrifying, man. Like, <laughs> doesn't turn me on, but whatever floats your boat. Um, anyway, uh, you might have noticed I am uh, in my 40s and I'm still making pee pee and poo poo jokes. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't feel that bad, though, because like 15 years ago, if you had caught me, I would have had just amazing material when I was still single. I could have done a million dick jokes, like, you know, different kinds of dicks, like tater tot dicks, <laughs> astro pop dicks, and like magical dicks that are attached to complete lunatics that will just like make you go insane. Um, that's, yeah, that's long over. I'm a nice married lady now, but one thing has remained. Um, I have a, a special power. Um, I don't know if a lot of people have it. I don't know. Uh, Saul, you might. Um, it is, uh, I can kind of tell how big someone's dick is just by meeting them. Um, it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with like the size of your hands or your feet or anything stupid like that. It's just like, a vibe, like a dick vibe. And uh, I, I call it ES penis. And uh, <laughs> I can't explain it. It's a little mystical, like, um, you know, uh, there's these water witches, and uh, they're very popular in a drought um, where they can divine where to find a source of water. And it's kind of like that. I just use my intuition. Sometimes I take a pendulum. You know, if I'm feeling a little Stevie Nicks, I'll use a crystal, and I'll just kind of dangle it in front of someone's pants, just like right there by the zipper. And um, I, I will know. I will know. I'll be like, up, oh, tater tot dick. Um, <laughs> you guys see that Gillette ad? What'd you think? Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was pretty benign, you know, like... But these dudes are getting so mad about it, so mad. 
And I'm like, geez, like I couldn't understand it. Like, you know, women have been shamed by ads. They've been telling us we're gross and unacceptable forever. So I was like, what's the big deal, you know? <laughs> but, <laughs> but now actually ads for women, they still do that, but they dress it up in this empowering language, like the Dove ads, like they're selling you beauty products, but it's like, you know, love your curves. Um, and there's actually, uh, whenever I go online on Facebook, there's like this girdle company that advertises to me because of, I don't know, some kind of genius of targeted ads. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and it shows a woman like, ro like smashing her fat down into this girdle. It looks so uncomfortable and it's like, you know, it's for you. It's for you. It's not for a man. And um, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I wanna, I wanna look like, um, you know, like the Pillsbury, um, that little container where they smash down the biscuits and then you open it and it like busts out and it's super terrifying. But like, I'm not gonna do that for a man. I'm gonna do that for myself. <laughs> Um, but yeah, dudes are really, really mad. And I saw, so I was reading all the comments because I just wanted to get some insight into it. And this guy was like, kind of rallying the troops. And he was like, um, you know, we don't have to listen to anything women say or like do anything they want. Like, we, we don't have to fight for them. Like, they, they tell you to do something, have it go in ear, in one ear and out the other because they don't appreciate us. And like, there was something so freeing about his defiance. Like it seemed like it felt really good that I was like, I'm gonna try that. Like I don't give a fuck anymore. Like I'm gonna walk into a sports bar while the Super Bowl is playing. I'm gonna fucking have no bra and dirty sweatpants. I'm gonna fucking walk in there and I'm gonna turn that sports to fucking snapped on oxygen. <laughs> and, I, and I'm gonna fucking pull out a tin of fucking frosting and I'm gonna eat it right from the tin. And I am gonna laugh and laugh while I listen to the anguish, anguish cries of all the sports fans behind me. Like it feels pretty good. Um, do you guys like sports? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't. Um, I wish I did, honestly. It's not like I'm too deep for it or something. I just don't have the sports gene. Um, and it's, uh, it's sad living, it's uncomfortable and awkward and sad living in the Bay Area because there's like a lot of winning teams and when that happens, people want to bond with you, you know, and they're like, go Giants or like, let's go Warriors and you're on Bard or whatever. And I just am stunned into silence I'm just startled and I just stare at them and they're so disappointed and I just wish like you know I like frivolous entertainment too and I wish the stuff I liked was universally popular like that like I wish I could just go up to someone in the water cooler and be like yeah did you see my strange addiction last night <laughs> that lady ate like 15 deodorant sticks man she's in beast mode <laughs> Just doesn't happen. Um, let's see. Uh, I think that's it. I'm going to go press on my bladder now. You've all been super delightful. Tamara and her shy bladder. Yay! Don't don't feel bad, Tamara. I I'm over 42. I have disturbing genitals. I have I have I have 
I have hemorrhoids. It, they're so bad, it looks like someone threw a hand grenade into a deli. It's like, it's meaty, it's difficult. It's like a bunch of worms trying to escape a hungry robin. Like, it's just a scene of death. It's fun. This is a lot of fun. I'm having a good time tonight. Your next comedian, I'm so excited that he's here. I haven't seen him in so long. I, we used to make up rumors about him. Someone said, oh yeah, he became a clown. And I was like, yeah, you're making that up. But no, no, I think he really did become a clown. I think I, there was another rumor floating around like he got into porn. I'm like, did he? I, that I believe. I'm like, I, he's like, maybe he's like a cam girl now or something. That would be, that would be awesome. Pam, he's got a tiny dog. It's cute. He's got a tiny dog and a guitar. Someone get this man some props. <laughs> you guys are going to love him. Clap your hands together for Tommy Arnold. Yay! You guys can keep fucking clapping. You don't have to stop. Thanks. Yeah. Appreciate you trying. I'm trying. See me walking down the street, you're like, oh, tall white guy, little dog, guitar. Somebody's compensating. <laughs> like, uh, here, I'm gonna put her down. Uh, if at any point you don't like anything I say, just look at her. It's, it's, she's not a service dog, she's just cute. She was the only dog in the pound that answered to the name Morty, so I was like, come on, let's go. I wanted the pit bull, but. Somebody's stealing the show. Stop hogging my light, dog. I'm, I'm worried. I got two things that are really valuable to me right now, and I don't want either one of them, nothing bad to happen. Look, she's already like, fuck this. You're on your own. Hi, my name's Tommy Arnold. Um, I recently did 23andMe, found out I am 30% Irish, 40% uh, Russian, 20% uh, alpaca, and 30% uh, beluga whale. Uh, you're like, he can't do math. <laughs> but it's true, we're only separated by 4% from like any other species on the planet. So I, 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 and there's like, and my sister's doing it and she's like, oh yeah, I'm even getting my son to do it. And I'm like, what? Like, you know the gene line right there. Like, and it's like, she's like, well, I don't know. He could be like part Arabic. And I'm like, how the fuck? Like, but the thing is, you have, like, they send you this information, you have no way to dispute it. They're like, oh, 4,000 years ago, you're from here. And you're like, okay. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, uh, I was recently watching uh, the 80s hit movie, Dirty Dancing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, at first, I was like, oh, yeah, this is about rebelling against your parents. And then once I really started watching it and the weed kicked in, um, <laughs> I realized, no, this is actually about a botched abortion and kind of <laughs> big pro-life movement, you know? Like when Patrick Swayze says, ah, oh, nobody puts baby in the corner, it's because he just said that about Penny's baby two nights earlier. <laughs> he had a rusty table, I don't know. Like that made it okay, I don't know. I wasn't getting into the logic of that. I went to see my therapist not too long ago, and she was like, oh, what are you afraid of? And I'm like, nothing. 
And she's like, come on, aren't you afraid to like get to know yourself? And I'm like, no, like I actually, if you guys want to play a fun game, here's to know whether or not you like yourself. You get a box of whippets, you get a fifth of whiskey. Every time you have a negative thought about yourself, you do a whippet. Every time you think you're a god, you do a shot of whiskey. I drank an entire fifth of whiskey. <laughs> Corrected. She's like, come on, you gotta fear something. And I thought about it and I was like, bears? <laughs> like, not like big gay men, like I think they'd make you breakfast in the morning and I think you'd feel secure in their arms, but like real grizzly bears, particularly, because they're big. Like polar bears, not so much, they do coke. I'm like, yeah, let's do coke. Um, but then she was like, no, I really want you to be serious. What do you, what really scares you? And I had to, I was like, I, I looked deep inside and I was like, I think what really scares me is being accused of a murder that I didn't commit and being put on death row. And then my only way out is for a group of kids and some talking dog to figure out the mystery and then set me free. <laughs> like that's... <laughs> It's kind of, I mean, 10% of the people on death row are innocent. So, you know, <laughs> work for it, work for it. Oh, what else is going on? Um, I'm a yoga instructor, if you couldn't tell. <laughs> that joke doesn't really work on radio. Um, <laughs> I like doing yoga just because, like, I fear, um, I'm not good at it, which is why I became an instructor, you know, because I'm like in class with all these like twiggy bitches and they're like, they're like folding their leg around their head like 30 times and I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll be able to lick my genitals one day, but mostly I just want to keep being able to touch my toes. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, oh, downward facing dog. I've seen it in the mirror. It's more like dog humping tree stump. Like it's just not pretty. Watched a documentary recently. Found out that kamikaze pilots wore helmets. That's a thinker. That's a thinker. You, some of you are going to be driving home. I didn't get the kamikaze joke. And then, <laughs> helmets. Yeah, whatever. So my day job is uh, I'm a registered nurse. I work in an emergency room. Um, you're welcome. Yeah. Everybody's like, oh, you're a hero. And I'm like, no, not really. Like, I just, like, I steal the drugs that they don't use. <laughs> not a good nurse, like, sorry. <laughs> like, I hate to bust your bubble. I like it when people are like, oh, you get a lot of hot chicks in there. You see a lot of hot chicks. And I'm like, no, like, if they come in there hot, they have a fever. Like, there's something wrong. <laughs> like, it's nice having access to people's medical records. Be like, oh, oh. Valtrex, <laughs> we're not kissing. Uh, I don't know. Fuck that. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> what else is going on? I got kids. On purpose. I mean, sort of. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> like I was told they're mine. We haven't done 23 and me. Like, I'm terrified to do that. They're like, oh, they're 100% alpaca. I'm going to be like, you're cheating, bitch. <laughs> I believe that too. Like for like, I'm pretty clean up here, but from like here, like from like just below. Well, I mean, all right. I got a manscape because if I put on a g-string, it looks like I'm trying to hide like you know Albert Einstein in my crotch. Like just I got these poofs coming out, so I got a manscape, and it's basically like from here 
to here, it's all Sasquatch. And then, like, I, I should show you my ankles. They're bald as, like, a baby's butt. I mean, not, like, I mean, there's little tiny hairs on baby's butt, so it's actually balder than a baby's butt, but <laughs> we're getting too into it right there. Uh, remember, delusions of grandeur aren't delusions if you can back them up with facts. <sighs> Another thing you're, all right, whatever. No one here suffers from schizophrenia. All right, that's fine. That's fine. Anybody else just get off house arrest? No? All right. All right. Just me. <laughs> ah, all right, let's sing some songs. You guys want to sing some songs? I'm compensating for a midlife crisis. And that's it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. How much time I got? Do I got enough time? Where are we at? Where are we at? I can keep running all night long. We're just going to keep. I don't want to run light because I know there's other people and there's good comics coming through. I'm okay. Look at the dog. See, you know. I'm a good person. You're supposed to like me, but you don't have to. Like, it's not a requirement. It's, it's not like, I mean, it's not like I'm going to be like, hey, I want to come over and <laughs> hang out. I mean, I'm good to have around. Like, I know CPR for crying out loud. Like, that is, I know how to administer Narcan in like three different ways, you know? It's good to have. Like, it's, I'm handy. Like, they're... I can't lift heavy things because, well, I can like show you how to lift it because I'm a yoga instructor, but <laughs> all right. So um, this is an oldie but goodie. I haven't played it in a while, so um, we're going to go down memory lane. And um, this is a song I wrote uh, to kind of inspire you to kind of go on in throughout your day and, and hold on to that, that piece that you might be able to find love. So this is for all you like all of you <laughs> anyways you at home can go fuck yourself <laughs> well Jackie wants a black guy cause she likes a real big dick right and Johnny's chasing chubbies cause he likes them kinda thick well <laughs> Everybody here, you're perfect, yet you all have your faults. If you raise your standards low enough, you'll never break your heart. Yeah, we're all gonna get laid, yeah, each and every day. If you don't find true love, well, you're gonna have to pay. Now Jackie wants a Mexican, but it isn't what you think. She's safe because she knows they'll eat her taco and fix her sink. They will. They're lovely people. They're nice. They will go that effort, effort. Like, hi, welcome to the party. Hey, welcome these guys. You're right in the middle of a song. So come here. No, 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 no. You're going to crash my set. You're coming up. You're now part of the fucking show. <sighs> this is so good for radio right now. Hey, right, you know what? I'm going to sing anyways. Well, Johnny wants to switch teams Cause he likes it on the chin He heads down to the Castro Where the fun always begins Yeah, we're all going to get laid Yeah, each and every day If you don't find true love Well, you're going to have to pay 
Now you ever find yourself alone with no one else around? Grab your favorite toy or sock, take yourself to happy town. <laughs> and then you find that special someone who can really get you off. Will you hold on to them tightly? Cause your house is gonna rock, right? Like you guys must uh, do it. How long you guys been together? Are you guys together? Do you know each other? You just, <laughs> did you just, a long time? So I bet you the sex is just uh, right now, right? Like it just keeps getting, uh, do not destroy the dream of getting involved in a long-term relationship. Oh, oh that's, I like these people. Proof enough, well, we're all gonna get late. Yeah, each and every day. If you don't find true love, well, you're gonna have to pay. All right, thanks, y'all. My name's Tommy Arnold. Have a good night. Tommy Arnold, everybody. The singing, nursing clown man. Yay! It's lovely, lovely of being this great show tonight. You guys are gonna love your next comedian. He, uh, he's one of our favorites here at Mutiny Radio. You can follow him on Instagram at Everybody Loves Mike because they do, and he is awesome. And you are gonna love him right now. Put your hands together for Mike Evans Jr. What the fuck you got? Hello. I was anticipating that guitar the whole time. I'm not gonna lie, that was great. I was like, is he gonna smash it on someone's head? Because you know, white people are crazy. You don't ever know. Never know if the, the guitar's gonna start getting smashed. It's a cute ass dog too. I, I saw a dog get hit by a car today. Actually, it was really fucked up. Yeah, it was it was my dog, and it was my car. I hit my dog with my car today, which isn't true at all. Um, really glad it's Martin Luther King Day uh, or this weekend because. Uh, I work in a school, and so any three-day weekend is just a break from just fucking horrible, horrible kids. Um, but um, I can't tell you what school I work at because I want to continue to work there. But uh, I don't know. MLK Day in February always reminds me of how jealous I am of uh, of gay people. I'm just gonna be honest, like. Uh, like, I think we're all in the same fight universally, like every race, every oppressed group, we're all against Trump. Fuck that guy, of course. But, but gay people have cooler holidays. I don't know, like, like, I wish we had a black pride parade where just naked black men are just swinging dicks down Market Street. <laughs> right? Yelling, fuck the police. We don't have that. We, I am, I am jealous. Maybe one day, maybe. <coughs> thinking about it now. <laughs> I had nothing else to talk about tonight. I was really, this, that's, the, that's the whole thing. No, Donald Trump is terrible uh, for a lot of reasons, which is what scares me the most about him being president right now is that even though 800,000 people had eviction notices this week, it's like there's still white people who are going to vote for him. And that bums me out so much. It's so scary. I don't even have a joke about that. I just want to make you all uncomfortable for a second. <laughs> this guy's just nodding like, yeah, yeah, it's fucking, yeah, it fucking sucks. <laughs> it's cool though. I mean, the future will be better. 
I don't know. What if the bar stays this low with the presidency? Like who? Like now anybody could be fucking president. Like working in a school, none of the kids say they want to be president when they grow up. And that is fucking hilarious to me because they're all just as problematic as Trump is right now. <laughs> like it's really bad. All the shit I hear all the time and I can't be like, well, the president doesn't act that way because he does. He's a terrible person. <laughs> it's really, I'm not that, best, that good of a person either. I had, uh, I had chlamydia twice last year. Um, <laughs> New Year, new me, same chlamydia. It's not fun. Fucking PBS now knows, right? And uh, it's not good. I'm sorry, man. All the kids now know that you that you teach. Funny thing about chlamydia is that the first time you catch it, all your friends and family feel bad for you. Second time you catch it, no one feels bad for you at all. Even my roommates, I walked in, I was like, hey guys, at chlamydia. And they're like, oh, you dirty bitch. <laughs> and I was like, mom, don't talk to me that way. It's not, it's not that nice of a thing to do. <laughs> Man, I stopped inviting my friends to my comedy shows for a specific reason. Like I, I haven't been getting laid for like two months and like friends who say that are like, oh, cause I'm celibate or I'm focusing on my career. Like this is, it's not by choice, like, which is crazy because two months ago is when I started telling that chlamydia joke. And so I feel like might be a correlation there <laughs> of why. But also like, I don't know, I get, I get like really flaccid during like real life sex situations. Like if there's a girl like, like I really like, it's just, it's just flaccid. It's not fun at all. And that's the only thing like Trump has ever been good for for me is that when I'm in bed with a girl and she's wondering why my dick isn't hard, I'm like, oh, babe, you know, it's just this political climate right now. It's, uh, the travel ban really fucking me up. Uh, all this shit. And she's always like, oh, you're so brave. I'll just blow you. It's okay. It's fine. <laughs> oh, man. I wanted to sing a masturbation song tonight, but I'm just so enthralled by that man's guitar that I'm not, I'm not even gonna do it. That was, that was fantastic. But I do masturbate a lot. It's, it's a problem. It's really bad. Um, like for those who watch porn, you know those like weird porn ads online, right? Like really, like go to this site for like webcam girls and shit or get fucked in the ass by your favorite cartoon, right? Like weird shit, right? Like for me, it's just like the suicide hotline. It's like, sir, you've watched too much of our content. We really think you need help. I like that joke when no one laughs, actually. That's way better. <laughs> oh, no, all right, no, I'm fine. Um, I don't know, have you ever noticed that porn categories are always like, uh, it's like a mix between like job descriptions and like obviously porn shit. Right, it's like teacher, like Bukaki, you know, registered nurse, gangbang. Like it's not. <laughs> like I copy pasted like what I was searching for into Facebook one time, and like I, it didn't, it didn't work out. I tried to play it off like, oh, it's a job description, but like you know, interracial orgy doesn't necessarily <laughs> capture what that is. <laughs> Anybody here in an interracial relationship? Yeah? Awesome. Cool, cool. Funny thing about being in an interracial relationship is that 
if you like to do role play in bed, it gets racist real quick. <laughs> like instantly, like you, there's no, like what else are you thinking about? Like for me, uh, my ex-girlfriend was Chinese and I used to uh, eat her ass and recite lines from Rush Hour 2. <laughs> it was a good time. It's a really good time. I used to be down here and grab her ass, right? I'm saying, look you both in the eyes, I do this. <laughs> and I would go, Lee! <laughs> and she would be up here like, Carter! For those who haven't seen Rush Hour 2, that was probably very weird for you to see. <laughs> well, that was Chris Tucker eating out Jackie Chan's ass. If you've seen the film, it's in the third one, actually. It's really... It's a, it's a terrible movie until that scene. You really got to watch that shit. It's really great. Bad part about that, though, is that, like, when I used to do that to my ex-girlfriend, like, I, that was my first love ever, and so I got really used to doing that shit. And you can't just yell Lee into any girl's asshole. <laughs> Especially not on a first date. Not, you know, doesn't matter if it's after church. Like, there's no good reason... <laughs> to, to yell that into someone's ass. I I don't I don't suggest it at all. I don't. It's not at all. Max is doing better than me, which is always fun to admit. As you could tell, because I'm a comedian and she's like she she's a writer for Vice. Also can't name who she is because Well I don't want those problems. Never mind. <laughs> I don't at all. But uh I don't know. Like, I, I always thought to myself, like, why does Instagram always show me her good pictures? Like, I want to see fucked up shit and going on in her life, like her getting fatter and, right, like her cat dying or something, something crazy. Ah, damn, I'm so sorry. I keep making dead animal jokes. It's, it's, not, it's not good. It's not good at all. I always find it funny that, like, white people are the most afraid of, like, animal jokes. It's because you have nothing else to worry about. <laughs> it's real. Oh, but the dolphins. Fuck dolphins, okay? I've never seen a dolphin at a Black Lives Matter rally. <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> I try to think of like a, a, an act out for that one time. I wrote that joke a minute ago. But there's no like, eh, eh, eh. like I can't. <laughs> there's, no, there's no good thing. <laughs> Man. I, uh... I have a lot of friends that do music in general. They're, uh, they're really good. I was jealous of them too because they, they're able to put people they care about into their art and then people like them for it. People don't want to be in my jokes <laughs> at all. You're shaking your head. No, you're like, yeah, I already don't want to fuck you. Your two months are going to extend even longer. <laughs> but no, it's really bad. Like I, speaking of Martin Luther King, um, Martin Luther King Day last year, I had a threesome with two white girls, and so I feel like I'm living out his dream directly. <laughs> Great joke, but they were there one time. Threesomes didn't happen anymore. I know, I know, it sounds so petty. It's like, oh, I can't have threesomes, so. It's not that cool. Other fucked up joke, so I was dating, uh, I've dated a lot of white girls in my past, but, um, so one time I had a black girlfriend from Orange County and a joke I wrote about her was like, I have a black girlfriend now. She's cool. But um, she's from Orange County. So her pussy still tastes like white privilege. 
Yep. That's why she's my ex. <laughs> it's gonna be great. One day this honesty is gonna get me somewhere in life. I don't know. I don't know where it's getting me now. I'm so fucking scared of my kids. The kids that I work with. I don't have kids. Thank God. Um, I'm so scared of the kids that I work with finding out that I'm a comedian, looking me up, and just finding out that I'm this horrible person. Because <laughs> all the shit I'm telling you about, I tell them not to say in class while like secretly taking notes. I'm like, oh, fuck, that's genius. That's crazy. <laughs> Seriously. I look up to the fucking kids I work with, and they're in middle school, which is fucking horrible. That's... It's not good. This is this little kid, Dion, which, that's, fuck, that's his real name. This is a little kid, Dion, that on the third week of school, third week of school, everyone has like the freshest outfits on, right? Like, you remember going back to school. Um, this kid, Dion, it was burrito week in the cafeteria. He takes a burrito and chucks it across the fucking cafeteria. And this little girl <laughs> she gets pegged in the face, like full, just hot sauce and shit in her hair, like all over her. And like, I had to be the one to discipline the kid. But I was laughing. <laughs> and so it was really fucked up that I had to, uh, had to be like, yo, man, you can't throw burritos. Like, obvious shit. You can't throw burritos at other kids. And uh, it was fucked up. Situation number two with Dion. Almost got him expelled. So uh, one month in the school, he steals the principal's cell phone and calls 911. <laughs> right? Picks up the phone, all he says on the phone was, Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang. And then hangs up. It's fucking awesome, right? They were like, they were like, Mike, you gotta convince him not to do that again. I was like, you serious? That's fucking awesome, man. I wish I had the balls. Jeez. Kids, man. Maybe it's good I don't have kids right now, or at least I don't. At least I don't know of. Right? That's that's the whole thing. I use condoms though. Don't don't worry, everybody. In case you were worried about that, <laughs> don't really know. I use Tinder a lot, like more than I like. I'm willing to admit. Like I pay for Tinder, which is like fucking horrible. If you know how broke I actually am. Because there's been many times where I've asked my friends, like, oh, dude, can you spot me on a beer or like on a sandwich? But if they knew that 10 bucks a month goes towards Tinder, they would not be my friends anymore. It would be really bad. I use Tinder mostly in church. Not the coolest shit to do, but it helps me pass the time. Most people sleep. What's better, sleep or being on Tinder, right? No. For those that don't have Tinder, it just sounds like an awful thing. But basically, my mom caught me using Tinder in church. She was like, Mike, how could you, how could you do that? How could you judge people in God's home like that? I told her, you know, that's probably how God decides who gets into heaven, right? <laughs> God's probably on his phone like, oh, no, not you. <laughs> A super like? You're fucking desperate to get into heaven. <laughs> That's what I think. That's what I think is going on. Um, what else is going on? Oh, my theory. One minute. Cool. This is a crazy joke to end on. My theory about why white people are crazy um, is because you do have the most boring church out of like every every culture. It's it's pretty awful. Uh, no, it's just all your songs are just you know hee ha hmm. right. 
We touch kids. Right? That's that's your song. That's Black church is cracking, right? This guy knows. This guy knows black churches. We stomp and clap and shit. We don't even drink uh, like wine for communion anymore in black church. We take shots of Hennessy for Jesus. <laughs> it's really great. I'm going to end on that, y'all. My name is Mike. Mike Evans Jr., everyone. Hooray! There's, um, there's a billboard that I'm sad that you weren't familiar with that was up on the freeway not too long ago and it said, chlamydia, it's not a flower. <laughs> that's, that's what that's, San Francisco's pretty woke about that, about that kind of stuff. You guys made it in time for the last comedian. Yay, you did it! Uh, yeah, he had an amazing show here last month. He's such a, such a kind individual. Um, he brought the Chronicle here and we got to be on the date book in a picture because he's just so generous and wonderful and amazing. And I mean, he's also like a public defender, which means he's generous and awesome and amazing. But then he's also very funny. So I'm glad you guys are here and you're gonna enjoy him so much. Clap your hands together for Velasca Win! Yay! <laughs> Thank you, Pam. That's true. The last time I was on this stage, we had uh, a couple people from the Chronicle, a reporter. He was uh, taking pictures of me because I'm a novelty, right? The headline on Datebook was Public Defender uh, Finds Order in the Chortle. So <laughs> I didn't write that. Uh, you know, I mean, that's pretty cool. This, this is like a distribution of millions, all right? A lot of people, you know, see, read this newspaper uh, throughout the nation. And, you know, I was, I was really proud of, of this moment. But during this whole feature, uh, my first stand-up set like four years ago was uh, emphasized. And like all comics, you know, our first set is the best. It is like the amazing one that you're gonna write home about. And I got multiple emails and text messages from judges. This is my community, the people who actually read the hard copy. And they all loved the article, particularly about my stand-up set where I was interrupted by mundane text messages while watching porn on my phone. Yeah, it's something to write home about. It's terrible. It's terrible. And every time I'm walking around the Hall of Justice, the judge will come up to me like, Velasca, great story. And I'm like, I don't watch porn on my phone. Watch it on my laptop. Like a normal fucking human being, all right? And go back to my office and get on the desktop like a real man. Watch porn with the door closed so no one can interrupt me. But a judge walked up to me and was like, Velasca, your first set, because I described it as terrible, it made me cringe. I didn't even want to talk about it, but I wanted to be open and vulnerable during this interview. He said, I know your first performance was awesome. And he winked at me. <laughs> and I was like, does he watch porn on his phone too? <laughs> Like, have I been reading this wrong? 
have like, I finally spoke the truth on behalf of all my legal community, particularly all the old male judges who are giving me props about this feature. Anyway, uh, thank you for reminding me about that, Pam. <laughs> I, I had um, Mutiny Radio and Mutiny Radio to choose from in terms of <laughs> that Friday night. So it worked out perfect. Uh, my name is Velasco Nguyen. Uh, that's N-G-U-Y-E-N. Because Vietnamese is a monosyllabic language. There is one syllable per word. Yeah, easy, right? You know, like we, we took the accent and the spices out of it. We distilled the recipe down to very simple and bland dish for everyone to enjoy. <laughs> but I hate it. I hate it when people try to correct the pronunciation of my own name. Sometimes people will be like, oh, I have a Vietnamese homegirl, and she says Nugin. <laughs> All right. Uh, there are many letters in there that don't phonetically even translate to Nugin, but let me just say this. First, Phuong I love your snore. It's great. It's positive reinforcement, Pam. First, let me just tell you something that Phuong ain't your homegirl. She is just silently nodding in agreement so that she can maximize her tip when she gets done with your nails. <laughs> Sometimes people feel like all bad for Phuong An. I'm like, don't worry. No Vietnamese manicurist was hurt or injured during the construction of that joke. She's a fictitious person in this comedic scenario, all right? But like, if I say my name is Wynn, that should be the end of it, right? It would be like, Becky, how do you spell your last name? S-M-I-T-H? Oh, anus. <laughs> Anus, Becky Anus. You know what? You can continue to say Nugin. I'm gonna keep calling you a fucking asshole, you stupid, simple bitch. For real, for real, if Fung On was your homegirl, this is what she would probably say. Vietnamese is a monosyllabic language. There's one syllable per word, like fuck you, all right? Fung on from the motherfucking win. Actually, we both win in that scenario. It's a win-win situation. Ooh, a plus break. No, no, keep going, keep going. I'm sorry to cut you off. Like when, when the national headlines and all the issues of the world get me down, I like to walk in to a nail salon and I listen to all those salon ladies talking fucking shit while all the yuppie ladies are silently nodding in agreement and the world feels right. <laughs> my first name, Velasca, is much stranger. I was born in Alaska, and my Vietnamese name is Viet. So obviously, you know, refugee parents, it's a combo name. That's how I got my name, Velasca. Like, my parents did not speak any English, and they thought Michael and Brian were a lot weirder than Velasca. <laughs> That's how I got my name. <laughs> Weird. Uh, but my mom, she was pregnant with me when they first came to Alaska, and they left the day Saigon fell to the communists, right? Uh, she was with my two older sisters. Like, my parents fled bullets, bombs, and violence and landed in the middle of a snowstorm. And they took one look around and were like, communism doesn't sound so bad right now. <laughs> 
comes with nice weather. The roads are visible. But my mom experienced some real culture shock. My, my dad was working the graveyard shift, and she was alone with uh, my sisters, pregnant with me, and there was a pounding on the door, like, <laughs> mask people screaming, threatening to kill her in her own mind. But they were saying something much worse. They're saying, trick or treat. <laughs> what American tradition to take from a poor refugee family. <laughs> Food of all things. Like my dad idolized Jacques Cousteau. And if you're old like me, you know he's like some uh, European dude on a Zodiac, this rubber boat, who has a lot of adventures out at sea. So my dad's first purchase in Alaska was a Zodiac. And I have very fond memories of the Zodiac, spending weekends fishing with my dad. And half the time, he would just be talking shit about America, and he would look off into the horizon. I shit you not, I always thought, are we going back to Vietnam right now? <laughs> You're not saying anything. <laughs> Are we? Uh, I, I love being in America. It's great. Feels awesome. Uh, I actually, you know, when, when I started college, my mom wanted me to be a doctor. Got a D plus in calculus my first quarter. I was excited because I got credit for it. And then, and then my mom was like, maybe you should be a lawyer. And I became a public defender. And my mom always introduces me as a prosecutor. So at this point, I'm like, whatever. It's fine, do whatever you want. Thank you. But we do need good prosecutors, so if you vote for my friend, Chesa Boudin, who's running in this upcoming election. Uh, that's not shameless pandering, he's a good dude. He is on all for positive criminal justice reform. How did I fucking plug my friend Chesa? Thank you for that, I appreciate it, I appreciate it. Uh, but I am also an actor and a model, and for one month I played an oncologist, uh, I played an ER surgeon, and I played um, an, an OR doctor, and it was like the proudest moment of my mom's life. <laughs> It was like the closest thing to fulfilling her American dream. She was very, very proud. Um, I am proud to be a successful Asian American model who has finally made it on a national ad campaign. Hell yeah, hell yeah. By successful, I got paid $100 to be the face of gonorrhea. You see it, he's looking at me, he's like, yeah. He looks gross. <laughs> it's my T-zone. But imagine like a giant poster and it says rapid gonorrhea testing and there's four pictures on this poster. In the first poster, there's this pipette. It's a scientific tool used to test the sample. In the second panel, there's a stopwatch, 20 minutes. That's how long it takes to get your results back. In the third panel, there is a group of people seated in a semicircle coming to terms with the news. And then the fourth panel was this. <laughs> Living with the disease. <laughs> or my high school portrait. <laughs> or both. But 
I don't mind being the face of gonorrhea. I think it's pretty fucking cool. You know, what better way to break that archaic Asian stereotype that all men are docile and asexual than me, Mr. Promiscuous, just fucking my way to a venereal disease. Hell yeah, great. But what really bothered me in that scenario is that some dude, Jared, in fucking marketing went through thousands and thousands and thousands of images and landed on my face and was like, bingo. <laughs> this guy's smug smile screams involuntary discharge of the penis. <laughs> Run it. But it didn't stop there. I appeared on a pamphlet for the National Institute of Health. And in this pamphlet said, stories of depression. And in the middle of this pamphlet was this. <laughs> Fucking Jared found my face again. I was like, look at Mr. Gonorrhea. He is so sad. <laughs> but my all-time favorite uh, advertisement was actually an internet banner. And it said, want to increase your penis size? Because who doesn't? In the middle of it, you can guess it, was this. <laughs> so I don't know if I should be insulted or complimented. Is that the before or after? <laughs> Has anyone ever like looked at me and was like, you used to have a small dick. <laughs> but I see that it worked. Good for you. I, I face some crazy things on a daily basis when the, my life's obstacles are getting me down. You know, I just have to recall all the hardships I have overcome in my stock photo life. <laughs> I've been diseased, really sad, with a subpar dick. I will overcome. You know why? Because it's pronounced win, okay? Thank you very much. Oh, no, no, no. Can you please stop interrupting me? I didn't know I was going last, purportedly, quote unquote, headlining. Uh, <laughs> doesn't count. Uh, I am a public defender, and that is probably one of the hardest things I have to do in my life. Um, I see phenomenal things, and I see heartbreaking things. Uh, one time, there was a client who came escorted in to jail in County Orange, completely shackled, and he looked me up and down, and he said, I ain't letting no chink represent me. I said, sir, I'm no chink. I'm a kook. <laughs> you like sports? Let's talk about sports. Like politics, let's talk about topical news. You want to be racist? I'm going to be more racist. <laughs> because we're going to have some trust issues unless we're friends. And that is the hardest thing, you know, really connecting with people. Uh, a lot of people say, oh, how can you represent those guilty people? Well, the biggest problem is, you know, representing sociopaths. And whenever I run into an issue, I just think about what I have to go home to, a 10-year-old daughter and a seven-year-old son. I'm like, this is cake. It is easy. It is easy. Um, I also 
have to deal with like some crazy jurors sometimes. Um, my hardest case, and I've been doing it, I know it, it's hard to tell because this oily T-zone makes me look so youthful. It's not the case, I've been doing it for over 14 years. I handle murder cases, attempted murder cases, sex assaults, you name it. But the hardest case I've ever had to deal with was when a client was convicted of some cheap ass drug case where he was schizophrenic, an old timer, less than a third a gram of heroin, 14 years in state prison. Here in San Francisco, here in this fucking progressive city, a juror came up to me afterwards and was like, Mr. Nugent, um, I thought your client was like that guy Brooks in um, Shawshank Redemption. Uh, he just wouldn't really last outside in the real world. And in my head, I was like, motherfucker, you went and ruined my favorite movie. <laughs> Why couldn't you make an analogy to, I don't know, like um, Legends of the Fall? <laughs> Or RoboCop, because I wish I hated those movies. <laughs> really, I watch them like every single day. Uh, I I am a father, and I dig my two kids. And I want to want to say a quick thank you uh, to Mike uh, for teaching my son Dion. <laughs> He's outside right now. He's on the corner. He's selling some meth and some coke. He only deals with stimulants. All right. So if you need anything. Let him know. He's also my ride. <laughs> but man, you guys have been a fucking awesome crowd. Like sometimes when I'm like in, in a crowd and atmosphere like this, I just want to fucking like kidnap you and put you in my basement. <laughs> Come down in the middle of the night, I got your two drinks. <laughs> Here you go. You ready for some jokes? <laughs> anyway, I, I wish I had another, um, oh my God, 17 minutes. Uh, thank you so much. Please give it up for Pam. David in the back. You guys have been amazing. Uh, I hope you come drink with me and my son Dion across the street. Velasco win, everyone. Yay. Yay. I'm going to leave you guys with one political joke before we finish it up. I, I'm not going to make fun of this guy, but I will quickly uh, make fun of his wife. Do we, do we have any idea how to pronounce her name? Is it Melania? 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 Is it Melania or Melania? We don't, we don't, it's Melania? Yeah, I don't know because she never speaks. I'm like, I heard that she speaks four languages and I was like, pick a language. Speak in any language. Just say something, right? For like feminism or something, anything. Say something. I, 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 I can't even make fun of her voice because I have no idea what she sounds like. I also, I don't know what country she's from. Is it Slovenia or Slovakia? Slovakia? Slovenia. Well, it, it, the thing is, they, they both border Hungary. And my God, she's starving. You know, like, she looks so good when she frowns. She's just so pretty in those suits. I've never, she's just... She's very, very pretty when she frowns. I didn't know, I still don't know what she's gonna champion as her first lady stance, and I just figured that she'd plagiarize Michelle Obama as she's done in the past, and like, you know, like hate fat kids or whatever, like with the working out or something. But I thought she'd do it in a different way. Um, she'd really champion bulimia, because it makes kids four times the consumer. So it's really good for the economy. 
And then she'd really get well-known as an environmentalist because she'd teach the children uh, to vomit into the composting. You know, regurgitate, reuse, recycle. We're gonna uh, high acid vomit. Uh, we're We're gonna use that for compost on the wine vines. It's gonna be great. It's going to be really great for next year's uh, Zinfandel. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for being here. This has been a really great time. Uh, come back any Friday. Clap it up for everybody you've seen again tonight. <laughs> Melody, Harry, Tamara, Tommy, Mike, and Velasca. I've been Pam Benjamin. This is Mutiny Radio. Thanks to David Zunzu in the back, running the ones and twos. Um, good night. Yay! Black Plastic, it's special Tuesday afternoon version that's going to be subbed in on Saturday, so. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-face McRat. <laughs> Asiento, take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas, and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, First Wednesday, live jazz, live DJs Thursday, parties. The food is darn good special happy hour prices all night long with your mutiny radio comedy festival ticket march 1st through 5th check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com come take a seat i had a date there and it did not go well but it wasn't the fault of the place they're very nice asiento
for a burger? Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. Welcome. Bender's Bar and Grill, located at 806 South Van Ness in the Mission District of San Francisco. Your favorite bar with awesome bartenders, rotating local art, and a killer back patio. It's a great place to hang out and play one of their two pool tables or old school pinball machine with a tasty adult beverage. Live music every Saturday for only $5. Bender's brings you face-melting metal and rock and roll. The last Friday of the month, Punk Rock and Schlock delivers super fun karaoke with Aileen. Come on, what's not to like? They even have counter-offer inside, frying up the tots with sexy hot burgers for your face. Open every day at 2 p.m. Their happy hour goes till 7 p.m. Benders is proud to be a sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival because they're an awesome community asset to the dirtbags who keep art alive in the mission. Benders Bar and Grill. Hi, welcome to My Limited View. I am your host, Sergio Novoa. And I'm your co-host, Vanessa Wilkins. Join us every Tuesday from 12 to 2 at mutinyradio.fm as we share stories, our personal stories. And struggles and challenges. And we'll also have guests come in and share their stories. And hopefully through all this, we can expand our view. Or your view. Yes, and there'll be plenty of dick jokes, so don't worry. It's not always going to be heavy. Yeah, I might even share black hair tips. Black hair tips. <laughs> don't know anything about it. Sorry. All so, on my limited view. Yes, every Tuesday from 12 to 2. Uh, oh, you can if you can also find us on Apple Podcasts. Oh, yeah, and Google Play. And Stitcher. iTunes. Oh, you already said that. TuneIn Radio. Uh, Stitcher, you said that. Spotify. Oh, my God, there's just so many. And Overcast. Um, yes, you can also find us on social media, M as in Mary, L as in Larry, P as in Peter, podcast, MOV podcast is our handle. 
Until next time, I hope you're enjoying your review. Yes. Bye. Bye. That kind of sucked balls. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? Oh, shit. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's joke workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> Radio listener, it's that time of year again. March 1st through 5th, it's time for the 4th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Over 40 comics, 25 shows, 5 days, all here at Mutiny Radio, 2781 21st Street at Florida Street. 25 shows, 5 days, amazing comics from all over the United States here in San Francisco to entertain you with 25 differently themed shows hosted by local San Francisco comedians bringing you comedians from all over the United States here. Everything will be live, live streaming and podcast post. Get your tickets, $10 a show, 
25 shows, a million laughs. It's the fourth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival brought to you by Benders, Counter Offer, and Subliminal SF. Tonight, featuring the finest in Bay Area comedy and uh, some other guy. It should go pretty well. I'm going to give you all seven minutes. Yeah, because we can all get to know each other. Thank you for paying attention to each other and not walking out or pissing during each other's sets, you know. I know, I love the, the architecture here. It works out really well. I mean, Pam always like, you know, does anybody have a problem if we pressure you into smoking weed here? You can step outside if you have an issue. It won't be uncool or anything. No, it's okay. Um, do your thing. It's fine. Just because I'm addicted to weed doesn't mean you have a problem. That's cool. Okay, so we'll go seven minutes with our list of nine, and uh, I'm going to play a game with you all at the end where I'll call you up on stage and give you three random styles of comedy, and you got to do a joke in each one. It'll be interesting, to say the least. Um, let's see. Can we get a mic check real quick? Roman, do you mind helping out? Oh, yeah. Show us how it's done. Of course, you have to, to you know, talk into the thing, too, not just masturbate. If I was, okay. there we go. It is number four then. All right. We are ready to go. Thank you, sir. Oh, oh baby. I love it when you run the mic up and down the stand. Oh, just brings a man to fantasy. Your first comedian tonight. Uh, I think I know him from East Bay Comedy, I believe. Please give it up for Mike Evans Jr. From East Bay Comedy, that's that's how white people say there's a black man coming on stage. <laughs> hey, Pleasanton's in the East Bay too. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. That's where I steal cars. Um, so I uh, I just turned 24 years old, which means absolutely nothing. Uh, people start telling you that just sad shit starts happening after 21. Like every time I ask my dad for advice, he always breaks my heart a little bit. I'm like, hey dad, you know, I don't, I don't know about me and my girlfriend. And he's like, yeah, you know, sometimes I don't know about your mom. <laughs> I'm like, thanks, thanks dad. Somehow <laughs> made me feel better. Um, I'm at that age now though, where like I start to feel like, like when is it too old to buy your parents just cards for Christmas and their birthdays? Like when do you have to get them like real gifts? Right, because I never feel like I have a real job yet, so I don't feel like, you know, I can get them more special things. Right? I don't know, it's just a question, not really a joke. I'm just trying to figure that one out. Um, I got my dad a, a Prince guitar strap. He really likes Prince, plays guitar. It's just, uh, I feel like it was a better gift. It was like 34 bucks. I keep getting pajamas, though. I'm getting a little fucking upset about it. You know, give me some gas money or pay my rent. It's more of a realistic, realistic gift. Or to get, you know, or my, you know, to get my ex-girlfriend to call me back. That'd be cool. That'd be a cool gift. 
doesn't happen. I just see her on social media with her new boyfriend. He's way more like buff and ripped than me. He's actually from the hood. That's the thing. Like sometimes girls look at me and stereotype me and be like, oh, you're from the hood, right? And I'm like, no, not at all. But my dad is like, my dad has all like the stereotypes. He grew up in the hood and, you know, just had like, had like five sisters. He's have holes on his clothes. Now he likes making it big, lives in the suburbs. Me, raised in the suburbs. Nothing cool about that shit at all. Not at all. Not intimidating. Besides my penis, that's the only thing that's pretty scary. Only because there's bumps on it. Like the bumps on my dick, bumps on my dick, bumps all over my dick is, uh, doesn't feel good. I had chlamydia twice. First time people felt bad for me. Second time, no one felt bad for me. Um, it's not really a, a sympathetic STD. There's no walks or quilts for chlamydia. <laughs> no. Everyone just kind of looks at you like, oh, motherfucker, you gotta, gotta get rid of that. Going to Planned Parenthood as a man is a hell of an experience when you go by yourself. Because like when you go as a girl, you know, there's all lots of things that, you know, girls can get help for at Planned Parenthood. But for guys, it's like when I walk in, every girl in there knows there's something wrong with my dick. Like, I can't say I'm here for a friend. I can't say big old bumps on my dick, big bumps on my dick. <laughs> they wonder why I'm single. They, they always wonder why. Nah, it's, uh, I was watching that weird ass R. Kelly show today. Um, it's like, it's called Surviving R. Kelly. It's really fucked up and heartbreaking, but I don't know. I always thought like if I was to become famous, would I be scared of like, you know, the Me Too scandal? Thing is no, because I'm not a crazy person, but I'm scared of like rumors going around that like I have a small penis. Um, Cause that would suck. I don't, my dick isn't like small all the time, just to give you that reference. It's just, sometimes I get nervous and so I can't get up. Like it's just flaccid. I still want it to be known as like flaccid Mike. Flaccid Mike Evans Jr. You know? It's like you two, ah oh, shit, you had it, it was awful. It was terrible. Just kept just flapping it around. Just gave me a black eye, that guy, just with his flaccid, just. <laughs> uh, I love small rooms like this. It's all intimate. You guys know so much about my dick right now. Um, yeah, so I work with kids, um, in case you <laughs> couldn't guess from that last joke. Um, it was fun. I found out I had chlamydia actually getting a, uh, a tuberculosis test, because you had to get that when you work with kids. And they were like, sir, you don't have tuberculosis, but you have chlamydia. I was like, what the fuck, man? This is awful. Yeah. The thing is, too, about comedy is that you can never tell when the comedian's lying or not, but at this point, you all know that that ain't some made-up shit. So, um, I work with kids. I used to work with elementary school kids, which are way more adorable than middle school kids. Middle school kids are trying out cuss words for the first time, saying shit in front of me that they shouldn't say, um, <laughs> doing all types of fucked up shit to each other. I saw this little kid hit another little girl in the face with a burrito, just full force. It was like third week of school, so like outfits were still like, <laughs> you know, popping and shit. And this little girl just gets like this whole like super chicken burrito just all in her hair and her eyes. And I feel so bad because I had to be the one that disciplined the kid for doing it. But it was like, it was pretty damn funny. It was, I'm going to get fired probably. 
no, actually, the day I'm worried about get fired, actually, at the school I work at, is when the kids look up my name, like, on YouTube. They're going to be like, what does this guy talk about? Does he, what does he tell jokes about? And they hear me talk about bumps on my dick. It's not, it's not a good tagline. I don't want to be that guy. Oh, you mean the bumps on dick? My, oh, shit. That's, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Donald Trump's president. It's not fun for you if you're not a white male. Um. I don't know how it's gonna end though we're, we're still trying to figure that one out i'm excited for it to end eventually to be honest it's not as bad as i thought it was gonna be like the day after he won i was like slavery's coming back everybody run shit's shit's going down and it's like almost that it's almost that like i don't know why like are we still gonna let republicans vote like next time around do we give them another chance like it shouldn't have even gotten that far like once once it became republican not a me nominee thanks look out the light I was thinking like, you know, maybe we stop letting them vote. Like we have an age, like, I feel like we have like a, like an age where you can vote, like an 